Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to 90.3 KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We normally like to start out on Radio Parallax with some lighter fare. We will not do that today. We will, in fact, be devoting most of today's program to a rather somber subject, the passing by suicide, evidently, of investigative journalist Gary Webb. Gary Webb was found in his uh, Carmichael residence last Friday, uh, evidently uh, dead by his own hand. Gary Webb was somebody that we talked to last year about appearing on this program. He was uh, very amenable to that, was very friendly, and we were looking forward very much to having him on to tell his rather incredible story about um, what happened when he reported on the Dark Alliance series for the San Jose Mercury back in 1996. It's, uh, It's a story that you should all know about, if you do not, and uh, we were looking forward to having Gary tell it himself. We are forced now to, uh, to tell some of Gary's story without him, and we will try and do that today. We have uh, numerous, uh, numerous people lined up who, uh, who knew Gary Webb, and we will go to them um, in sequence. We uh, expect to speak to Tom Walsh of Sacramento, the Sacramento News and Review with investigative journalist and former DEA agent Michael Levine, as well as uh, one of America's premier investigative journalists, Robert Perry. If you read any of the obituaries on Gary Webb's passing, and I would say that the Sacramento Bee did a better job by far than some of the others, uh, you will note that the phrase flawed story or imperfect story or somehow a a whiff of something improper uh, hung over uh, Gary Webb's obituary, that that perhaps he was not such a good reporter, not so thorough, the story that he did was flawed, etc., etc. This is completely, completely out of line. When I first was sent the obituary by, uh, by Jerry Polikoff, a uh, friend of ours who's been on this show numerous times, first person I called was Christina Borgeson. Christina is the author of Into the Buzzsaw, Leading Journalists Exposed, The Myth of a Free Press, and uh, featured prominently in that collection of, um, of articles, was a piece by Gary Webb entitled... The Mighty Wurlitzer Plays On. It's only 15 pages long, but uh, having just reread it, it, uh, it does make some rather, uh, some rather hair-raising reading. Uh, I will be excerpting some of that, I think, in our second segment today. But before we do any of that, I think I'd like to just give you an overview uh, by way of a, a four-minute commentary of, about how I see this. Remember the Iran-Contra hearings? Hardliners in the Reagan administration felt that dirt-poor Nicaragua might, as Soviet proxies, subvert America. To fund opponents of the leftist Sandinistas over Congress's restrictions, Ali North and company sold missiles and warplane parts to Iran to fund Contra mercenaries. Yes, Islamic fundamentalist, renegade, 
militant Iran. In congressional hearings, it also came out that as arms were shipped south of the Contras, drugs were sometimes brokered north. When award-winning journalist Gary Webb revisited that subject for the San Jose Mercury in 1996, he raised touchy questions about our crack epidemic and was then viciously attacked. Three major newspapers failed to find major errors with his basic story, but nitpicked over his not having every detail outlined. Our prime spy agency chimed in too. It investigated itself and reported with a straight face, it was clean. Gary Webb's boss decided to go neutral on the subject of drug-dealing contras with pals in high places. Webb had dug deeper after the attacks to uncover some of those missing details he was criticized for not supplying, but it was now moot. The Mercury would run no more of his investigation. Instead of a Pulitzer for daring reporting, Webb got demoted. Note, in 1998, the government did quietly admit Webb's assertions were correct. You probably didn't notice, though. It got very little press. Nobody then apologized to Gary Webb. Not his boss, not those other indignant newspapers. No one. They should have. It may be scandalous that the U.S. government looked the other way when its favored shady operatives ran cocaine rings, but it happened. And that is not in dispute, no matter what impression you were left with when Webb was being pilloried. The weird part is, it never was. This stuff had been uncovered years before in Iran-Contra. It was in pursuit of the kind of thing the public needs more of, follow-up, that Webb probed this in 96. I had a chance to speak with Gary a couple times last year. There was sadness in our discussion of his work. Not, it seemed to me, from his feeling sorry for the damage done him, but that the truth had been moved into a dark corner and ignored. I told him I appreciated his efforts to expose bad behavior by the powerful. I'm so grateful now that I had a chance to do at least that. We are all left much worse off by the loss of a reporter who probed tenaciously, no matter the consequences, and blew a loud whistle on wrongdoing. When I read in his LA Times obituary the post-mortem carping at him and implying, without quite saying so, that he did not get his stories right, it makes me angry. The fact that critics managed to wrongly taint his reputation no doubt contributed to the fact that Gary Webb appears in the obituary column. What most sickens me is that the apology he never got in life persists. That obituary could not specify what he got wrong because he didn't. So it just leaves you with an impression that he did. Gary Webb deserved better, and so does a public that wants to be kept informed. Sorry, Gary. I'm not hearing anyone else say it, so I guess I'd better. All right, joining us now in the program from the Sacramento News and Review is editor Tom Walsh, uh, the last person I believe to have employed Gary Webb. Uh, Tom, welcome to the program. Uh, hello, Doug. We're looking forward to having you on uh, on in better circumstances. We, uh, you know, are big fans of the News and Review. Uh, we've we've had Cosmo Garvin on. We've had Jeff Kearns on. Um, I'm and I hope that you will, again will return to our show at some point. But I wanted to talk to you about Gary Webb. Well, um, there's obviously a lot to say, but in the end, as far as we're concerned here at the newspaper, it's you know it's simply a tragic event and. 
We have strong feelings for his family right now and what they're going through, but we also have feelings, obviously, about Gary. He was a extremely good, thorough reporter. He had a lot of writing talent, and all we were doing was looking forward to each one of the stories that he was producing for the paper. And he'd already produced several good ones. I believe in October 14th, he did, a, he did a, an article on uh, the military and and video games and training people for uh, basically warfare, a terrific piece. And I was uh, I was thinking how great it would be to to have him on the show for an interview. I, I talked to him last year. He was very amenable to doing that. And I'm just so sorry that's not that's not ever going to happen. Well, I think for us looking at that story, for instance, here here was a guy who obviously knew something important when he saw it, and he was willing to do extensive background research to get the facts before he even approached writing the story. And I I think it's extremely important that everyone know that when their children are playing these video games put out by the Defense Department, that they know that the Defense Department is collecting information on their children as far as how skilled they are with hand-eye coordination and, and, and how they react to sounds and noises so that the Army can determine in future years if um, they will make good soldiers. It's stories like that that Gary went after and got. We, uh, we certainly appreciate the effort of the News and Review week in and week out to give us great investigative pieces. And Gary, again, it's just it's such a terrible thing. He, would have been, he was such a wonderful addition to your staff, and I know talking to Cos and other people that they were, they were really looking forward to learning from him. Well, here, here you have a man that over 25 years in, in each place that he's been, as far as newspapers, he's won journalism awards, and he's dug hard to find the truth. And, and yeah, we, we looked forward to and enjoyed his input, even in the copy meetings that we held once a week. You're, uh, you have a tribute page set up on your website. I like to call attention to that. It is, it's excellent. Well, we, we were just overwhelmed ourselves when you know this happened we were aware of many of these stories being written about gary let's face it the uh, dark alliance series and what happened to gary webb was an international story at the time and so naturally people wrote about it then and continued to write about it and with gary's death there's more people um continuing to write about it so we decided to have one place on our um, webpage where people could go and you can spend hours reading about Gary Webb. And, and each one of these pieces is from a different person and a different point of view. And there's the writing of Gary Webb when he's been at the News Review, but also it's his stories that he's written in the past. Yeah, we especially want to point out anyone uh, to, should go to your website, uh, the, the great article by Michael Levine, July 19th, 98. Is anyone apologizing to Gary Webb? We'll be speaking to Michael uh, shortly. And also, America's Debt to Journalist Gary Webb from Robert Perry, December 13th, 2004. We'll be speaking with, uh, with Mr. Perry in our second segment today. Well, and we hope that as we find out some more, for instance, it's likely that the family will have some sort of public service. And we'd like to also inform the readers and your listeners to go to our website and be updated on that. And we also are trying to set something up so they can pass along condolences to Gary's family. He left behind an ex-wife and three children. Well, again, I hope everyone will, will do exactly that. Tom Walsh, editor of the Sacramento News and Review, thanks for speaking with us. And uh, we, again, look forward to having you on our show under better circumstances. All right. Well, thank you, Doug. All righty. 
Joining us now from New York is Michael Levine, a 25-year veteran of the Drug Enforcement Administration. He's uh, been a distinguished author and was going to here to talk to us today about uh, someone he knew. Gary Webb interviewed him several times and lend some perspective to what has just happened. Welcome, Michael Levine. Uh, thanks for inviting me, Doug. I have in my hand here, uh, Into the Buzzsaw, a series of um, essays about people who, uh, like yourselves, had some less than favorable uh, experiences with the mainstream media in this country. Your essay, in fact, is right in front of Gary Webb's in the first yeah. edition of the book. Sounds like you guys had a lot of parallel uh, experiences with the drug trade running through Central America and how you tried to report on it. Yeah, well, I had the experience of trying to report first as an insider. When I say as an insider, I was a high-level official. I was the country attache to Argentina and Uruguay for the Department of Justice. At a period of time, I was the senior U.S. law enforcement officer in the whole southern cone. And at that time, uh, we were running the biggest undercover case into cocaine trafficking in South America in history. And Central Intelligence came in and uh, destroyed the case. What we didn't know is that we were going after CIA assets. I wrote this story and other stories in two books, Deep Cover and The Big White Lie. Gary did a, an ama amazing job of researching from the states back, in essence, the same story that I had lived and, and could have testified to as a witness, but not only a witness, as an expert. Right. As someone who was a, who, if, if Gary had brought his case to court, I was a powerful witness to that everything he said was accurate and correct and people should have been indicted within our government. As if that weren't enough, another colleague of mine came forward with Gary and appeared on a radio show that I did in New York back in 1998. And his name was Celerino Castillo, and he was a DEA agent assigned to uh, Central America. And he had done his best at that time to actually arrest Oliver North. This is the same conspiracy of individuals in our government who were running massive amounts of white powder into the brains and veins of black and white children in the United States. Gary's piece focused on the black community. My feeling was, and, and I said this to Gary on the air and off the air, that uh, he didn't go far enough. Right. He, uh, the, the, the Gary should have accused, as we were, uh, elements of our government, central intelligence in particular, of betraying the American people. And really what was even more prophetic was that what my feeling was and other experts was that if CIA was allowed to get away with this drug trafficking and the other criminal activities, criminally inept activities, uh, what American people would pay big time in terrorist acts uh, and in uh, what's happening now, loss of our Constitution. And we were predicting this as early as 1998, that an agency, an American agency that functioned on so such a criminal and inept level could not possibly be depended upon to protect us and in fact was supporting people, drug traffickers and terrorists who one day were going to do us harm. And Gary Webb was right at the forefront of those saying that. I would like to really stress today in talking to you, to Michael, about the fact that the, the L.A. Times obituary uh, sort of repeats the what people were sort of stuck 
to Gary Webb was that this was a flawed story that he'd been involved with. It somehow uh, wasn't correct. But, uh, you know, rereading his essay in Into the Buzzsaw, The Mighty Wurlitzer Plays On, and familiar such as I am with what uh, what went down, it seems to me that uh, we should amplify your previous statement, that he just didn't go far enough, that he actually did have it right, and there were no substantive er- errors, really, in what he was presenting to the public. None whatsoever. And as a matter of fact, we did a radio show in 1998 with Gary where we played the testimony of Central Intelligence Inspector General Hitz, H-I-T-Z, who testified before Congress while the World Series was on, of course, that, yes, in fact, Central Intelligence had protected some of those drug traffickers that Gary alluded to. In essence, the Inspector General of CIA before Congress, by the way, Congress, a Congressional Oversight Committee headed up by Porter Goss, who at this moment is the head of Central Intelligence, uh, admitted, in essence, to everything that Gary said. And no one in mainstream media picked it up. That's why we did the show. And then I wrote a piece in July of 1998. I don't know whether you have it or not. I have it in front of me, July 19th. Yeah, July 19th, 98. Is anyone apologizing to Gary Webb? It was the name of the piece. Because no one in mainstream media picked up that central intelligence on the congressional record told exactly what Gary Webb had been saying in his piece Dark Alliance. They support the biggest cocaine traffickers in the history of uh, of our so-called drug war. And that support ended with not only massive amounts of drugs going into the black community, but going into all American communities. And at that time, uh, I was still recovering from the loss of my own son, who was a New York City policeman killed by crack cocaine addicts when he tried to stop a robbery. And that betrayal, who, how can you prove to me that the cocaine that was in the brains of these addicts who killed my son, who killed many people, was not part of those massive shipments that Central Intelligence protected? It, that's why I said Gary didn't go far enough. This was a, a total betrayal of America. Michael, one thing about about the story was that it seemed to have been picked up by numerous activists in the black community with 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 uh, understandable outrage about the fact that uh, it, that this was being let happen. A lot of crack cocaine was being brought in first of all to L.A., but the idea that there was a uh, there was sort of a conspiracy to 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 affect blacks was nothing was not something that Gary Webb ever had had said. I know, but that's the way they chose to fight it, and that's why idiots like those who wrote this obituary. Uh, not obituary, this this disgrace, this disgrace to journalism. I mean, it's just not factually correct in any way. Uh, these people, I don't know where they went to journalism school. Uh, and as long as we have quote unquote journalists like that, America can expect that we have the worst to happen. In that, they are not watchdogs of government. You know, Thomas Jefferson once said that you can't possibly have a democracy unless you have a a free and aggressive press. And, you know, the example that these people who wrote about Gary set is deplorable. They shouldn't, you know, these are the people who should be run out of journalism. And Gary, people like Gary Webb are the only hope that this nation has to protect us against agencies that are, we depend on, who are just criminal, criminally inept, uh, they're, they're doing great damage. As Senator Church once said, uh, Central Intelligence is a runaway rogue elephant doing great damage to the American people. 
And, of course, the church commission, nobody listened to that either, as no one listened to Gary Webb. And we, unfortunately, as I speak, Doug, I believe that nuclear terrorism here is inevitable when it doesn't have to be if we take our government back in hand. But as long as there's a mainstream media that, that destroys voices like Gary Webb's, this will never happen. You, uh, you closed your, your uh, July 19th, 1998 article by saying, Gary Webb, my friend, you are owed a huge apology, but I doubt that you'll get it, not in this lifetime, and I'm sorry to say that now has been proven to be true. Yeah, and I'm sick to death that I was, uh, I was accurate about that, Doug. I, I wish it wasn't true. Gary himself closed his article, which I would recommend. I'd recommend everyone should get a copy of Into the Buzzsaw. I, I, uh, Christina Borgeson's fan, great, great editing job for all of the pieces you guys put into this. But uh, Gary closed off with saying that, um, uh, first of all, he started talking about how optimistic he was that in this country investigative journalism works. He was a, an advocate of it and said it seemed to work great. His experience uh, led him to conclude his uh, piece by saying that Back in 1938, when fascism was sweeping Europe, legendary investigative journalist George Seldes observed in his book, The Lords of the Press, that it is possible to fool all the people all the time when government and press cooperate. Unfortunately, we have reached that point. Yes, we have. And I should tell one last little anecdote about Gary and myself. Uh, we met on the Montel Williams show in 1998, and we were with the Congressman Rangel and Congresswoman Waters and discussing the, the, uh, the, the factual nature of, what, uh, of our allegations. And seated next to Gary was a, mem- uh, a representative, I can't remember his name, uh, but Gary and I, Gary remembered him very well. And he was a representative of accuracy in media, a very, you know, a right-wing uh, media watch organization, who leaned over to Gary before the camera went on and said, We've got plans for you, my friend. And uh, I leaned into Gary and said, you know, you expected this, didn't you? And Gary, well, he said yes, but Gary was kind of in shock. And I don't think these plans, you know, were anything more than the destruction of his career. Uh, I didn't then and I don't now. And Gary and I spoke long about that. And uh, again, I was sadly prophetic when I said, they're going for your career, you know. And they they did get it. And and so, you know, sad that Gary finished his piece that way. Uh, I, you know, I I do this little show in New York that's on listener-sponsored radio because no sponsors would uh, sponsor what I say. WBAI. Yeah, WBAI in New York. Okay. And I I do the show. I don't even want to do a show anymore, Doug. I'm tired of it, except that I really feel that... uh, there are so few voices warning America of, of this dark future right around the corner that I've, I'm just compelled to keep doing it. And I, I don't even think this, that we can turn away anymore. The damage that's been done through destroying careers like that of, of Gary Webb, uh, I don't think you can take back. And I don't, have any, I don't have the hope that Gary had in his piece so I urge you guys to read my piece too. It's right, right next to Gary's. Yeah, uh, we, re- yeah, mainstream media. We, we, we would, would recommend people indeed do that. Well, as, as your, uh, your sometime radio co-host uh, Christina Borges said, we just all have to work that much harder now. Well, we, we're trying. We are. We, we're trying uh, in, in great desperation. But you know, Christina on the show on September fourth, two thousand and one 
said the words, and anybody, if they go on the website to the show at uh, expertwitnessradio.org, you can hear it. It's called The Prediction. This was aired September 4, 2001, and Christina, in great frustration after an interview uh, with uh, Dr. Rick Nuccio, who was a White House uh, advisor to President Clinton, who was destroyed when he went against uh, the criminality of CIA, uh, Christina blurts out at the end of the show, we shouldn't be surprised when they blow up the World Trade Center. And one week later, that's exactly what happened. And now we've been predicting that unless we get wise, America, and start supporting the journalism that Gary Webb represented, we're going to see those mushroom clouds over our cities. Well, as Christina said, we do have to work that much harder. Mike, Michael Levine, thank you so much for talking with us. I hope that you will... Uh, return on, on, a, on a, a better occasion to tell us your story because it is it is quite stunning in its in its own right thanks a lot doug and i, I wish you the best of luck in, in your own journalistic uh, future which just by putting me on the uh, you're taking a chance my friend well will you do it on the, when the east coast we'll do it on the west we'll see if we can't uh, move this country thanks my friend michael thank you That was expert on America's drug war and journalist Michael Levine. He's been the author of a couple of national bestsellers, Deep Cover and The Big White Lie. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax. You're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. We'll be back shortly.